trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Mary Aguilara for the first half, and with Anthony Whitmore for the second half. Both are Ohio leaders in the Poor People's Campaign. Mary Aguilera is a coordinating committee member of the Ohio Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. She volunteers as a community organizer in Cincinnati to mobilize, organize, register, and educate for the Poor People's Campaign. Mary has worked as a para-professional for Cincinnati Public Schools for 20 years. Her work recently has been focused around the threats to the Ohio River from petrochemical plants. She has a degree in organizational leadership from Union Institute and University. If you are working in activist circles in Ohio, or even around the country, or in faith-based circles, you've probably heard about Reverend Barber and the Poor People's Campaign. I run into many folks who work on environmental, social, racial, economic justice issues, and they also work on the Poor People's Campaign. Welcome to Grassroot, Mary. Hello, Carolyn. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. I would like um, you to explain to our listeners, what is the Poor People's Campaign? So the Poor People's Campaign is a the revival, National Call for More Revival, is a revival of the work from Martin Luther King and many others in 1968. It was a movement that brought people together across all walks of life around poverty, racism, and militarism. Okay, and what is, um, who is Dr. Reverend Barber? Because he seems to be the focal leader. Is that true? Yeah, so, yes, so there's two co-chairs. There's Reverend Dr. William Barber II and Reverend Liz Theo Harris. So they are the co-chairs of the uh, Poor People's Campaign. All right. So what are the basics? What, um, What are they advocating for, and how are they doing it? So we are advocating for, uh, as they did in, in the original Poor People's Campaign, uh, the systemic evils that we call uh, poverty, racism, ecological devastation, militarism, and what we call the corrupt moral narrative of religious nationalism. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to bring to light all the systemic issues and, and how they're interrelated. So it's very important to understand that poverty is related to racism, is related to militarism, is related to ecological devastation. And it's really important to understand how they're all connected because you can't solve one of those problems uh, by itself. Is this movement a Christian movement or is it open to all religions and all peoples of faith or even non-faith? Yeah, absolutely, and and that's one of the reasons uh, when I heard Reverend Barber speak the first time, even before he spoke about the Poor People's Campaign, that's what resonated to me the, the most, is that 
you know, the work that he does uh, is is really about bringing people from all walks of life, no matter, you know, where what you look like, what you know, who you love, uh, whether you're religious, non-religious. And it's basically everyone shows up as they are and is respected as they are, and that's, you know, that that term, the beloved community, is really at the at the foundation of, of all the work. So what is the campaign? Is there a beginning? Is there an end? Is there a big event? I know that there's a march um, in June. Um, can you talk about what you guys are planning? Sure. They, um, the campaign was revived in uh, 2018 on Mother's Day, and we've been having uh, all sorts of, doing lots of, of work uh, around all these issues. And this this year, the uh, big event will be in June, June 20th. We we're having a Poor People's Assembly a national, and a National March on Washington on June 20th. And it's really, it's, it was supposed to be right after the primaries and right before the convention. So it's a way for us to bring to light all these issues and put forth our agenda for the nation instead of adopting the agenda of the politicians. We're trying to put the agenda of the people forward. Okay, and you are an organizer. So how can people find information of what's going on in Ohio and how can they get more information and how can they get take part in these, this march? If you go to poorpeoplescampaign.org, you will find all the information you need. There's uh, information about the national campaign. There's information about each state. There's 43 states that have coordinating committees, that people that have stepped forward. It's built from the bottom up. And so people can go to that website, uh, poorpeoplescampaign.org, and each state has their own page. And there's um, links to the Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, and there's lots of information about uh, there's a calendar that um, is a national calendar and it has the events listed for, for each state. And there's uh, RSVP for the march. And there's also what we call this more tour where we were going to each state to help uh, bring people together to, to get them excited about the march. Um, but, of course, with everything going on, it's it's really been, um, you know, having, we've had to adjust, basically. To, Let's talk about to, that. Uh, Let's talk about yeah. the impact of the coronavirus, which the crisis that we're in right now. Tell us how the Poor People's Campaign is dealing with this and what they are asking the people that that are poor, as well as people that are privileged. Yeah, so this is really, this this whole experience that we're, we're in the middle of has really brought to light all the issues that we've been trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really, you know, it, it, it has literally shined the light on it for us. We, you know, we don't have to um, tell people how affecting them because they're 
they're being affected by it because people don't have health care, because people don't have living wages. There's that much that there's that many more people that are impacted that have to be taken care of now, and and all these issues, all these things they're trying to do to help these people probably would not have to they they wouldn't have to be doing as much if they had had all these things in place before if they if people had living wage you know they wouldn't be you know as impacted you know if people had health care they wouldn't there wouldn't be so many people right now there's over 40% of the country is at or below the poverty line 40% so it's 40% 250,000 people die every year because of poverty. So, you know, when you're when your your country is in that state before something like this happens, I mean, it just shows you, you know, the costs. Well, there's a cost to health care, providing health care for everyone. There's a there's a cost to living wages, but now we're seeing the cost of not providing those liberal wages, not providing, you know, health care for everyone. It's a lot more expensive to not provide those things for people. And and pe- we've been living without wages for since 1973 when, when wages flatlined. So, you know, we, we've been dealing with this a long time. And now because of this crisis, now we see, you know, exactly what happens. When, when you don't provide those things for people. Now, do you lobby and advocate for these um, these values that the Poor People's Campaign has? I mean, I see that you're an, um, you're non-political. You don't take a side, um, but there are definitely um, candidates that that support some of these issues. Maybe not all of them. How does the Poor People's Campaign deal with? this election cycle that's going on. Yes, so we are, are not partisan. We are very political, but we are not partisan. We okay. do not support or endorse any candidates. Mm-hmm. What we do is we support the issues. Okay. So if, if yes, yeah, so if we don't tell anyone how to vote or we just, we just, we have a list of demands and those demands What are they? Are listed on, uh, it's a very, very long list, but, um, you know, just, uh, and we have them on the website. They are, are listed under, like, each systemic evil. You know, we have demands under poverty. We have demands under racism. We have demands under ecological devastation. <clears throat> For instance, one of the demands is um, a living wage at least $15 an hour. One of the demands is no more fracking. One of the demands is health care for all. Um, there's there's a whole list of those demands. And what, what we ask people to do is to take those demands and let those inform you on who to vote for. Because if you if you line them up with the with the platforms of each candidate, you'll know who to vote for. Right. Just by making sure that those demands align. And if they don't, we say you know, demand, demand that your candidate, you know, because they're not, they're not all perfect. You know, some, some line up better than others. And if they don't, then we say, you know, don't be silent. You know, tell them how you feel. Write letters. 
we're demanding that there's a debate on poverty. And, and we had what we call a moral action congress where we had nine of the presidential candidates come, and they were drilled on all of these issues, and they all agreed that they would do a debate now, on did, these issues. Did just some of the um, candidates show up? Now there's just two left. Um, in the Democratic um, primary, did both of them show up? They did. They both showed up. Good. And everyone was, yeah, everyone was invited. We do, we, when we invite candidates and politicians, if we, if we do, because most of the time they don't get a voice in the campaign, and most of the time it's just the people. But when we do have events like this, we invite everybody, both sides, every, you know, even the president was, was invited. What, did he show um, up? Did the president show up? No, no. Okay. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, we have about one minute. I'd like you to tell folks um, what we can do right now to help. So really, it's about making your voices heard and trying to use this opportunity to, to tell your story. You know, get involved with your community, get involved with Poor People's Campaign, find ways of you know, sharing your story about your situation and other people. You can uh, make sure that you are registered to vote and also that you are active in your community, helping those that are less fortunate. And there's, there are ways to... We, we, don't, we always say we're not speaking for someone. We always, we're always working with people. In, in our communities that are, are, you know, are the most impacted. And it's about just trying to do what speaks to your heart and, and use your gifts to make this world a better place, basically. <laughs> right, Mary. I hear you, and I agree with you. And thank you so much for this work with the Poor People's Campaign. And um, I'm going to be talking to your colleague in a minute. And... Um, I wish you the best during this period of time. Great. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Anthony B. Whitmore is the president of Whitmore Enterprises, provides economic and community development, educational diversity and inclusion consultation, both nationally and abroad. He is a retired executive of the Greater Dayton Regional Transit Authority. His focus was on legislative and community relations efforts at the regional, state, and federal level. He served as the governor's regional director for Region 4. He was responsible for facilitating economic growth in nine counties. A Dayton resident, Mr. Whitmore served Governor Voinovich and Taft administrations in several capacities while serving on several county, state, and national boards. He is clear in his faith while giving glory to God and remains a servant to his community. Welcome today, Mr. Anthony. How are you? Thank you, Carolyn. So you are a man of faith. Is this why you have become a leader with the Poor People's Campaign? You know, Carolyn, I was brought up around civil rights leaders. Not only were my parents involved with civil and human rights, 
my godparents were involved on a national level, but of course, as a child, I didn't really understand uh, what the NACP and the Southern Christian leadership, SNCC and CORE and all of those groups meant. I just would hear the adults speaking about it. And of course, having access to hearing them speak about it, it also became very clear that my part of my purpose in my life was to make sure that others had rights and had basic needs, and those rights were human rights. And so there was to be no one who should be mistreated, no one should go to bed hungry, no one should be without education, no one should be discriminated against. And, you know, the list just goes on and, of course, become a fighter and warrior against not just injustice, but also racism. That's a lot to fight for. Well, there is a lot of work that I feel that with so many people in this great, beloved country and the global world, it is a lot to fight for, but if we are all fighting, the pronouns have to change. Not Anthony fighting, we are all fighting. And if we are doing our part, then we're able to etch away at all of those, what we call those, those evils, when it comes to poor people campaign. So tell me, how long has this campaign been together? How long have they been working on these issues, and, and how long have you been working with them? Well, you know, the first, the first original Poor People's March was under Dr. King. And, of course, uh, Bayard helped to organize that for the Southern Christian leadership and Dr. King and the other ministers and other civil rights leaders as well. And that was in 1968. Hmm. That was the March for Poor People in Washington. Hmm. And then, of course, as God would have it, uh, another great leader uh, was being born, I should say leaders, because we not only have the Reverend Dr. Barber, we also have the Reverend Theo Harris and other individuals who have taken up that mantle and that charge to fight for those who have no voice or those who have such a small voice that we teach them how to grow that voice. What do you do with the Ohio, as an Ohio organizer? What do you actually do? Do you have meetings? Do you have events? I know you have a big march in June, on June 20, 2020. Um, but how does it work? Are there groups that... Um, that serve the um, com- communities that have very little. How does it work? Well, there are a lot of groups, and, and, and that's a good thing about the pronoun has to go from I and me and mine to we, us, and our. Oh. And so there are collaborations and partnerships as well as individuals who come together who are willing to fight against these these evils that we call uh, that interfere with people's rights and being whole as, as human, human beings. And, of course, uh, that means that we come together with common that common bond uh, to make sure that we strengthen 
and we give poor people and we fight for people. No, in fact, not just fight, we demand. That's the purpose of, of June 20th, is to demand the rights for all of God's people and all of God's children. But please keep in mind, Carolyn, that this is much more than just June 20th. June 20th is just a manifestation of why we come together. This is a movement, not a moment. And so when you bring people and you can mobilize people around a common agenda and a common focus and a common purpose, then we can attack those evils at the core. And the march is an example of saying, going, coming together from across the country and saying that we demand change, not asking, demand. How many people, so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that would, that's what we would do in June 20th. Okay. How many people are they expecting to come and march on Washington? And that's probably depending on how far along we are with the coronavirus. Well, that, that is a challenge that we are facing, and I know that I'm sure that National is going to continue to send out information as well as keeping us abreast on how they see it, not just from the, the health end, but also from the spiritual end. Right. Because like Dr. King... Uh, Reverend Harris and Reverend Barber are clergy, so they are spiritual people. And so this is all tied to uh, not just uh, the, the human right part of it, but also tied to the spiritual part of what those of us who are believers believe in. Now, there are going to be some poor people that aren't believers and or maybe of different religions and what what is your take on that well you know there there will always be those who as i say i don't i i've often said to folks i have i have many friends from different walks of life and i and i really enjoy that even those who may say they're agnostic or they're just atheists and i always say well there's something that we all believe in. Now, we may not always agree to whatever that something is, but there is something that we believe in. For me, as a believer, I believe that there is spirit beyond myself, and that I cannot create myself. Something is much greater than me. And it has created not only me, it created these images of me, my brothers and sisters, who come in different shades of the rainbow, but certainly have different ideologies on how they see life. And But one of those ideologies, I hope, and that we do understand, that even in our country, where our focus is 140 million people who are poor, what we call low-wealth. You call what? And I hope those are common bonds that we can all talk about. Because they represent every creed, every religion, every sexual orientation, every political persuasion. And the interesting thing is they account for over 43% of the people living in what I call one of the most blessed, if not the most blessed country in the world. We're certainly the richest. But we are suffering from what are 
leaders are saying from the Poor People's Campaign, we are suffering from a moral crisis. A moral crisis in that we're not taking care of our people. I'm sorry, say that again? A moral crisis in that we are not caring for one another and we are not living with integrity? Oh, absolutely. Not only are we not living with integrity, I think that we're not looking fairly at all of God's wonderful creation, whether that's in race, color, creed, religion, sexual orientation, or political, or whatever you would like to see. We just need to see that when I see another person, a human being, I hope I not only have empathy, I hope that I also see a reflection of who I am, humanity. And if that person does not have access to what I have access, or their children are going to bed hungry, or they're not able to be educated, or they're not making enough money to take care of their families. And so we're always saying that people are employed. Yes, there are many people who are employed. The issue is because when we talk about the poor or the low wealth, those individuals may have two or three jobs. I know. To be employable. And so they don't, they're not getting a living wage. Not a living wage. Not a living wage. Now, one thing that I don't correct. understand is, is the Poor People's Campaign um, actually doing, um, getting, you know, clothing and food to the hungry? Or is it more of a kind of a conceptual group that is going to D.C. to ask for these changes? It, you know, because it seems like it's a huge um, group of people nationally, and every state has their branches. Um, and I'm not clear yet if it is, you know, they actually, you know, service the poor people, or if it's more of a um, philosophical um, 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 idea or creed that they are going and they want the government to take on. Well, I I think it's a bit of all of the above, because when you look at, uh, you were alluded to our June 20th, but even prior to that, uh, Reverend Barber and Reverend Theo Harris have been on what we are calling more tour, and they are going to these different cities to really bring what I call mobilizing and organizing and getting people registered as well as educating them along the way and saying to folks, here is the light that we will shine upon areas of systemic racism, on poverty, ecological devastation, and what else is out there? Militarism. And, of course, that last ugly, ugly big elephant distorted moral narrative. Mm-hmm. of a religious nationalism. Yeah, and also and so mass incarceration. all of the above. Yeah, I, there is a place for everyone with the Poor People's Campaign, whether it's philosophical, whether it is spiritual, or whether it's just from a human right and just an ethical positioning, because we're talking about those, those things that keep us divided instead of keeping us unified as a people. Sir, we do have to wrap up, but I want to thank you so much for working for the greater good and for 
um, in for the Ohio and and being an organizer in Ohio, and I I ask that you be safe and that your that you um, your people are safe during this uh, crisis period, and uh, with that we do have to go. Thank you so much. Well, it's our pleasure, and please note that poor people are the single largest voting block in American politics, and people I think don't really realize that. And that said is that together we will not only demand, but we will work together and we will bring about change. And that change has to come not just internally, but also in public policy. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.